God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me, before we move into the scripture this morning, let me thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here for a couple of weeks with you. Um, it's been a real blessing for Susan and I to be able to worship with you and be a part of uh, your Sunday morning worship to meet many of you. Uh, as I've said every week, I'm just blown away by the talent of your singing and just the exuberance and the joy that I sense here with that. Uh, uh, it's been a blessing to meet uh, Craig and Kathy and uh, uh, just look forward to keeping up with Ken and Ashley and what the Lord is doing here in your church. It's exciting to see what in fact he is doing. Before we move into Psalm 57, as you know, I often like to back up just a little bit. We have been asking ourselves over these last couple of weeks, I said, first week I was here, we were going to do a little bit of a mini-series since I was going to, going to be here for three weeks, and we've been talking about our purpose. How do you find it? You know, what is it? How does it affect your life? How do I know what it is? I mean, I literally could preach for months and months um, on this. I've tried to condense it down to just a couple of simple little bullet points for you. That's hard to do. But I think most of you realize there are a few things in life that are more important than trying to discover what God's purpose for your life is. And as I say that, I, I say what God's purpose of your life is because so very often we pursue this discovery, if I could say it that way, the wrong way. We are looking for what we think is my purpose, what we think I would feel good about. But we're going to see, I'm going to shift just a little bit kind of the direction that I've been going today because I hope today you can see in the 57th Psalm that having the assurance that God has a purpose for your life can change the whole way you look at life. Not only in times of great joy when there's really no problem praising God and feeling good about who you are in Christ, but also during those times of difficulty in life when things aren't always going our way. I, I think it's interesting you're praying for your missionaries um, uh, this week, and that's wonderful. I'm, I'm reminded of a little missionary story, a little humor of uh, uh, some... Uh, missionaries who served for many years in Africa and they were coming home for a big conference at their church and they were able to raise some funds so they could bring a couple of the African pastors with them who had never ever been to America and seen anything like what we have here. They got here and a day or two into their conferences they had a free afternoon and the pastors from Africa said, we would love to go shopping and see all of this stuff that you have. But we're afraid we might get lost. And the minister said, well, we, this is a small town that we're in. Most people know who you are while you're here. I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to point out a few places. You just kind of go where you want to go. If you get lost, call me. Here's my number. Go in any store, and they will be happy to give you their phone to call me. So he, with a little fear and trepidation, he takes him downtown, he drops him off, and sure enough, about an hour later, his phone starts ringing. 
He picks it up and it's one of the pastors and he says, I'm lost. I don't know how to get back where you told me to go so you can pick me up. I'm lost. And the missionary said, don't worry, it's okay. He said, walk into one of the stores and ask the store owner if they can lend you their phone for a minute. They'll be happy to. Walk out to the corner and look up at the street signs and tell me where you are. Give me the name of the street that you're on. He hears him lay the phone down and a minute or two goes by and he comes back and he picks up the phone and he says, I'm on the corner of walk and don't walk. <laughs> now those of you here in Charleston should be able to appreciate that a great deal. The trials in our lives, whether we are lost or not, can create some instability from time to time. We feel almost like we are directionless. We're directionless when we feel the pressure and sometimes the weight of the world bearing down on us. This is where David, I think, comes into play in the 57th Psalm a little bit today. But again, before we turn to the 57th Psalm, I want to remind you that knowing God has a purpose for your life transforms everything about the way you look at life. It transforms not only how you experience your blessings in life, but also how you face and move through the trials of your life. And God knows we've all had trials in our life. So open your Bibles to Psalm 57. It's on page 477 of your pew Bibles. Before I have you stand and we read the psalm, you'll see kind of the introduction to the psalm says, To the choir master, according to do not destroy a victim of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. Now, now this is not going to be relevant to our sermon today, but the truth is we really don't know what that means at all. We're not sure if a victim is some kind of musical term. Uh, some uh, scholars think that to the... Um, according to Do Not Destroy, might be a tune. Kind of like we sang a while ago to the tune of Amazing Grace. Everybody knows the tune of Amazing Grace. And, and some think maybe that's what it is. The truth is we really don't know what Do Not Destroy means as a little introduction and whatever omictum is of David. It has something to do, we think, with worship, but scholars aren't really sure. But as I said, it has nothing to do with what I want to talk about with Psalm 57. So stand with me if you would and follow along as we read together the Word of God as it's recorded for us in Psalm 57. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. 
My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amidst fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all of the earth. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. <clears throat> Now, the 57th Psalm, in the introduction, it says, David is hiding in a cave from King Saul. This is a psalm written under some oppression, we might say. Not one of the more joyful times in the life of King David. He is hiding for his life. Now, I want you to think with me for a minute. Just a little personal reflection here. About a time in your life when it seemed like everything is going against you. You've begun to question everything about your life, what you do, how you do it. You might even begin to question a little bit about your faith. I want you to think about those times in your life when you wonder if you're going to sink or swim. Because most of the time when we find ourselves in that place, and I, I wish to God I could say you're never going to find yourself there, but unfortunately I have to tell you that you will if you have not already done so. When we're not sure if we're going to sink or swim. That's a little bit where David found himself today. Am I going to live or die? Am I going to come out of this cave or not? The king and all of his men are after me. David has grown popular with the people. They sang, Saul has killed his thousands, David his tens of thousands. And now we find David hidden away in the back of a cave, fleeing from Saul. When you think about the times in your life when you're maybe in the back of the cave and can go no further, I want you to think about the 57th Psalm because here's an important lesson for us today. In spite of David's suffering, just because of the jealousy of Saul, in spite of David's innocent suffering, 
Not one time, not one time in this psalm does he cry out to God, change my situation. Not one time does David cry out to God, strike Saul down. You anointed me as the king. Go ahead and get rid of this man who is seeking to kill me the one you have chosen to be king. Not one time does Saul ask God, does David ask God to go against Saul? The only thing David asks in this psalm is that God glorify your name in this situation. I think he's saying, God, in the predicament that I find myself in, I don't like it, I don't want to be here, don't quite know what to do, but whatever the situation is, may your name be glorified in my situation. He never says, Lord, vindicate me. He never says, Lord, I don't deserve to be here. Fix it. He never looks up to the heavens and says, as some of us have done from time to time in the crisis of our life, God, why are you doing this? What have I done to deserve what is happening to me now? He never reminds God that, by the way, I am the man after your own heart. How could this be happening to someone like me? He never says, God, how can you be doing this to me? You see, David knew full well it's not about him. It's about God. In each of our previous sermons, I have tried to remind you that it is not about you in the quest for finding meaning and purpose in our life. It is about what God is doing in and through your life. It is not about your ability to do what God asks you to do. It is about your availability and your willingness to be used by God. Now, now this is a very important point. You see, David is looking beyond himself. He knows, he trusts that God has been and continues to be at work in his life. He knows he is a child of God. He knows and he believes that God has a purpose for his life. And no matter what the circumstances of his life might be, good or bad, David knew that God was with him. He would never leave him or forsake him, that God would never abandon him. Now, 
Friends, I can't really emphasize that enough. For all of our lives this morning. Because when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, when you believe that God has a purpose for your life, and believe it, it will change the way, it will change your whole outlook and forecast of life. When you know you were in Christ Jesus, you can walk right up to the gates of hell and be okay because you know you're not there alone. There's no problem, no challenge that you will ever experience in your life. You're not going to always like the problems and the challenges, of course not. But you will never be asked to handle them alone. And the one who is with you can handle it all. God can and will work in and through whatever circumstance you find in your life to his glory. When you find yourself in the back of the cave, some of you may be there right now in your life. Nothing seems to be going the way you hoped and prayed it would go. The, the wonderful plan you had laid out has completely fallen apart. And you wonder, what is my whole purpose for being? When you find yourself in the back of that cave, remember who is with you in the back of that cave. And God will bring you through whatever it is you are experiencing. My wife Susan, many years ago, when I started preaching, I would sometimes practice my sermons on her. I don't know if that was a good idea or not. <laughs> Didn't always like the critique I got. But she used to always say, what is the purpose of this sermon in its application to my life? In other words, what am I supposed to glean out of this sermon to challenge and change me? Don't talk to my head, talk to my heart. A lot of preachers talk to our heads, and we're filled with the knowledge of God, but we've never moved it from our heads to our hearts. And, and here's... I guess I might say is the crux of this message today. David did not know the details of God's purpose in his life. He knew he'd been anointed to be king, but now all of a sudden he's in the back of the cave. How in the world, those things don't, that sometimes not in juxtaposition. How, how does that work? But David knew that God was at work in his life and that God was ultimately going to use his life for God's glory. David did not know what his future held, nor do any of us in this congregation today. But David knew who held his future. I pray you never forget that 
when you find yourself in the back of the cave. David knew who held his future. He knew God had a purpose in his life. David knew God had his hand on him, my friends. As the scriptures promise us, God has his hand on all of those who profess the name of Jesus. You are a child of God. And he loves and cares for you as much as he loves and cared for David. And that confidence that David shows in God is played out throughout the rest of his life. Look with me, if your Bibles are still open, look with me at Psalm 57. Let me just point out a few things here real quick. As I said a while ago, he's in the back of that cave as far as he can go. He's not asking, why, God, am I here? Look at what he says in Psalm 57. In verse 1, in you my soul takes refuge. Now, this is a mighty, valiant warrior of God. He's not saying, in my ability, in my strength, in my military, tactical knowledge. He says, in you, my soul takes refuge. Not in my ability to fight this battle. In verse 2, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. David recognizes that God has a purpose for him, and he's trusting that God is going to fulfill that purpose in his life. Verse 3, he will send from heaven and save me. He, God, will God's got this. God's got it. I'm in the back of the cave, but God has got this, and God will save me. And then in, in verse 5, we see it's kind of the key refrain. Verse 5 and verse 11. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all of the earth. In spite of the suffering, not one time in this psalm does David ask God to change his circumstances. Again, the only thing he asks is, God, you be glorified in this situation. You know, I, I think that this is really pretty remarkable. How many times when we're in the back of the cave, when our plan for our life has fallen completely apart, have we cried out, Lord, take this burden from me. I can't do it anymore. And therein is part of the problem. I can't do it. No, you can't. It is so hard for us to get beyond it's all about me. How many times have we cried, Lord, I can't do it. Lord, fix, you fix this broken part of my life. Now, don't misunderstand me. We, we are instructed in Scripture 
to ask God for the things that we want and the things that we need in life. But sometimes that's all we ask for, the things that we want. Lord, take care of me. Lord, get me out of this problem. Doesn't matter that I got myself into it. Lord, get me out of it. David understood it's not about David. It is about God. It is about something bigger in his life than himself. It's kind of amazing to me that as David is hunted down, I want you to try to imagine the stress that he might have been feeling. Look back at the psalm in verse 7. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. In the New International Version translation, it says, I will arise early in the morning and sing and make melody to the Lord. In this moment of life and death, crisis, he is willing to praise God at that moment in his life. Again, it's not about David, it is about God. Now I want to give you two quick little thoughts to kind of bring this little mini-series together. The first one is very simple, God has a purpose for you. Remember the refrain of Psalm 57, Be exalted, O God, let your glory be over all of the earth. You and I exist for the glory of God. We exist, as I, as I have reminded you each of these Sundays, primarily to be in a relationship with God for the purpose of bringing glory to God. You see, if you are not in a real relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not going to know what God's purpose for your life is. Just kind of that simple. I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. Just follow along with me. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You and I have been blessed by God himself with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then hear this, for he chose us. We did not choose him, he chose us. In him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now there, there's a goal for all of us to achieve, to strive toward being holy and blameless in the sight of God. That's part of what God's plan for your life is if you want to know it. There it is. Now ask yourself, are you living your life in a way that others would look at you as holy and blameless? Here, here is what we read. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. We are the children of God in accordance with his pleasure and his will. It is all about God. And here we go to the praise of his 
glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. My friends, God ultimate purpose for you and for me is to live our lives in a way that brings glory to God. That's why he created us. That's why he saved us. So we need to ask ourselves this question. And this is where my wife would say, what does this have to do with those who hear the sermon? How does the living of my life bring glory to God? Now that's just not some rhetorical question the preacher is spouting out from the pulpit on Sunday morning. Put your name in that place. How does Jim and Kathy and Bill and Jane, how am I living my life in a manner that would bring glory to God. The second little quick thought as we get ready to close in just a moment. God has a purpose for you, but it's not about you. It's about what God is doing in you. God is more concerned with your character than with your comfort. We may not want to hear that. He is more interested in making you holy than in making you happy. But you know, when you find your purpose in God, you will be happy, regardless of how far back in the cave you from time to time might find yourself. You see, David's refuge was not hiding in the back of the cave where Saul and his men could not find him. It was not in the army of experienced soldiers that followed David and could probably take the armies of Saul. It was not in his innocence or purity of heart because they were not always pure and he was not always innocent. We even see in the 57th Psalm where here he is crying out for the continued mercy of God in his life. David's refuge was in God's steadfast love for David. And he knew it, and he believed it. God's purpose, I think of David being in the cave, was to help David to recognize that it was God's presence with David where he would ultimately find his refuge. And I think that is so important for us when we find ourselves in trouble, lost, when the bottom has fallen out. We find our refuge not in the things of this world. We find our refuge in our faith and in our trust in God. 
I want to close with reading from the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th verse, just two, two little verses here, kind of wrap my thought up on these three weeks with you that I have thoroughly enjoyed. Matthew 16, verse 24. Peter has just announced the profession of who Christ is. And Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. But whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life from me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus said, when you lose your life for me, guess what? You end up finding real life. You end up finding your real purpose, your real meaning for being. I think every one of us here wants to make a difference. We want to make a difference in our marriages. We've got all these children. God knows all these children that came up here. Just joy in my heart to see all those children. Not only you as parents, but as this congregation. As Craig reminded you, you have promised to be a part of their lives. We want to make a difference. We realize deep down that life is about something bigger than me. Let me just say that whatever God's specific purpose for your life might be, it will always involve adding significance to the life of another. And ask yourself, are you doing that? It will always involve helping build others up, not tearing others down to make you feel more important. It will always involve living your life in a way that brings glory to God. And so I ask you one more time, are you living, are you living your life in a way that would bring glory to God? My friends, you find yourself, you find your purpose when you lose your life in Christ. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, help us all to understand what does it mean to lose our lives for the sake of the gospel. Father, help us all as we struggle to find our purpose and our meaning in life that it is not about what I want, it is about what you want for me. It is not about my ability, it is about my availability because you are able to work in and through me to accomplish whatever your purpose might be. Father, I pray as I leave today for this congregation for Craig and Kathy for the talented musicians in this church, for every member of Redeemer, 
who was here, involved in small groups, who are involved in Bible studies, who teach, who come here on Sunday mornings to be challenged, not just to learn more in their head about who Jesus is, but to be transformed in their hearts so that they might truly be better disciples of Jesus. And that in the living of their lives as a follower of Christ, they might bring glory and honor to you. Lord, let your name be praised as David cries from the back of the cave from whatever situation we might find ourselves in. Lord, continue to pour your blessings out upon this congregation, its ministry, and its people. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.